It's August 26th, and it is a very special day today. It's National Dog Appreciation Day! Anyone has a furry friend out there, go give him a big hug. Tell him you love him. Give him a little treat. Big, small, any size. Oh, and also, uh, happy birthday, Ian, our older brother. It's also his birthday. But more importantly, happy Dog Appreciation Day! We're going to be discussing the AFC West today, a little change-up. We said we were going to be doing the South, or excuse me, the North, uh, but we are switching gears and doing the AFC West today. Let's run the No Huddle. Good morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time you listen to this podcast. Welcome to the No Huddle Fantasy Football Podcast alongside my brother and co-host Nolan Chamberlain. My name is Jack Chamberlain and I know we promised today that we would be covering the AFC North, but we have decided to make a slight schedule change and we are going to instead cover the AFC West today. But before we get to that, Nolan... We are developing a pattern of this, and I hope it doesn't continue throughout the season. Every time, and I say every time because it's happened once, but this is the second time this has happened. We talked about the AFC South in our first show. The next day, there are some news that came out of Jacksonville about the running back situation, and uh, James Robinson's value greatly increased, uh, unfortunately, due to the injury of uh, Etienne. And now... Yesterday, we talked about the AFC East and the New England Patriots, and we talked about the running back situation there, and today they are announcing uh, that the uh, Rams are acquiring Sony Michelle for two draft picks. It's a 2022 six-round pick and a 2023 fourth-round pick, and these are not conditional. They are not conditional. Uh, so Nolan, do you want to chime in here and just? Uh, I, I don't think this will really impact our evaluation yesterday of, of Damian Harris. But is there anything you want to throw in? Um, it doesn't impact my evaluation of him. I personally was ranking him as if he was going to be the lead in the backfield, and this only adds my confidence that that's the Patriots' plan for him. Again, continue drafting him as a nice solid RB3 or RB4 if you're lucky. Yeah, I mean he's a great pick, still is, and that hasn't changed it very much at all. And on that note, let's jump right in then to the AFC West and the Kansas City Chiefs and we are talking about the running back situation there, which is a very difficult topic for me to discuss. As someone who took a chance on Clyde edward Delaire last year. Oof. Then again, my hand was slightly forced due to uncertainty around the contracts of some other running backs at the time. And so I said, you know what? Let's take a chance on the rookie. And it looked like it was going well. And then things weren't going so well. <laughs> and then by the end of the season, I said, wow, I really blew this pick. But And not only did you go for it, you went for it in the fourth overall pick and you always say you're like I never get a top five pick and the one year you do one year I got a top five pick there's a lot of uncertainty around every other running back who was going around that same you know three four five 
And uh, you ended up getting who do you end up getting in the second round because of it? You ended Dalvin up getting Cook. Dalvin Cook in the second round yep. because because everyone was so uncertain about what was going to happen yep. with the contracts. But yeah, even we're I didn't about take this him first round. Even we're I didn't take the, him first yeah, round. That's true. I took Josh Jacobs over him. You did. And that didn't work out. Look how that, but look Dalvin how that panned did. out. Anyways, despite his disappointing year last year, um, uh, people are taking a chance on Ceh again. This year, right now, his ADP is running back fourteen, which, uh, considering how last year went, I think is uh, you know a fair ranking. Um, he had top six overall draft pick value last year, um, you know, but in the weeks that he was active, he did finish RB sixteen. So for a rookie performance, uh, you can't really complain if you're the Kansas City Chiefs at a price so close, however. To last year's finish, is Ceh being drafted too low, or is his upside not quite comparable to the upside that he had last year? Nolan, what are your thoughts? I think his upside is the exact same as it was last year. Because what's changed, other than the O line improving? I mean, that's obviously great. Mm-hmm. I, I think that right, he finished RB sixteen and what would be arguably a very disappointing year for the draft price. Um, I mean, and that's obviously not what you drafted, but it's still a consistent week-to-week starter, right? His ADP is running back 14, finished RB 16, you know, and the Chiefs are never going to be a very run-heavy team. You know, they're 37.43% run percentage, is 28th in the NFL. The 41.45% red zone rush percentage is 29th in the NFL. But, you know, he had four and a half yards per carry, um, 2.1 yards after contact, both great mm-hmm. numbers. There's no one there to steal touches for him. He's going to get, I think he should get more passing work. The touchdowns will come up. So, you know, for me, I, I have him right around where he's ranked. You know, I'm not outlandishly bullish on him, but I'm also saying, you know, as a second or sometimes third, because he oftentimes falls into the third round, if you can get him as a second or third running back, that's a fine value. Yeah, I, I agree with that assessment, Nolan. And I mean, when you look at the depth chart, there really aren't any concerns in terms of, you know, maybe this being a, a committee back uh, situation in Kansas City. I'm not really worried about guys like Daryl Williams, Jarek McKinnon, or Darwin Thompson taking away, um, you know, that many touches from CEH. And you did note that they made some improvements to the line, the offensive line over the season. Um, and so I think, you know, he's got a year under his belt going into his second year. And I mean, there, there are, the, the good thing is he's in a system where the pressure isn't necessarily on him. I mean, you're on the same team with Patrick Mahomes, who is throwing to guys like Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. So there isn't that pressure on him to be the guy in the offense. And so I think that's going to be a good role for him going into his second season. Uh, and I would agree. I mean, if you can have him as your, you know, RB2 uh, you know, RB three. You know, uh, then that's gonna that's gonna be a solid, solid group of running backs for for any fantasy team. Um, yeah, and imagine and a sore too, subject for me, so I don't want to talk about this anymore. Yeah, <laughs> but imagine if you could go with Christian McCaffrey first, and then come back around to get Kyle Zalera, which is a common stack you can get if you mm-hmm. go first overall. And you know, we talk all the time about right. Um, how the offensive line's gotten better. We we say it over and over again. They're they're seventh. They they were eleventh last year, and they're seventh. You may think eleventh's fine, but to go and get I mean they added um 
they added quite a few pieces. I can't remember them off the top of my head now. But I remember thinking, like, this is exactly what they needed. Because if you watch the, the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl, their, def- their defensive line just destroyed them. And so definitely smart moves, of course, by a smart team. And, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's overall going to be a better year. And, I mean, you can get a very good running back with very high upside relatively late. And then, you know, I, I think that's more than fair value for him. Well, let's stick with the running backs, and we're going to move on to the Las Vegas Raiders and John Gruden and your guy, Nolan, Josh Jacobs. Yep. Not fun last year. Don't sound so excited, Nolan. Gosh. Yeah. It's um, hard to sound excited with Josh Jacobs nowadays. <laughs> well, and, and this really surprised me. Uh, I mean, obviously, I didn't follow him that closely last year, but, you know, I heard you complain about him a lot, and so I was like, oh, he can't have done that well last year. Uh, but he finishes running back number eight. Never felt um, like it. Never no, felt well, like and it. you said that. You know, I mean, as a fantasy owner, I, I, I can't imagine it's very fun to own him. Um, you know, and I know you blame part of that on now being in a system where John Cruden is the head coach. He's the worst. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, uh, uh, Jacobs was extremely inconsistent. And uh, and that was before adding a talent like Kenyon Drake. So now you have two guys there. You have John Gruden overseeing everything. And I think there's a lot of uncertainty revolving around both of these guys. Um, do you think that Jacobs can take on a large enough workload to be a consistent RB2? Uh, um, or do you think that the addition of, of Drake... Is kind of gonna eat into both of their valuations. You know, the worst part about my entire hatred for Josh Jacobs is I'm in yet again on him this year, and that's the worst part. Because <laughs> I'm gonna have to go through this whole roller coaster again. We're gonna come back next year and we're gonna say the same things over and over again. Josh Jacobs, the thing with me, Kenyon Drake proved that he can't be a workhorse. No one's trusting him to be a workhorse. Mm-hmm. At this point, someone would have if he could be. I think, right, what's Kenyon Drake going to be? A pass specialist. Oh, no, every running back in the NFL catches passes nowadays. Not Josh Jacobs. That was the most annoying thing because uh, I'm mini rant. You have such a talented running back in Josh Jacobs and you're not letting him catch the football you only mm-hmm. run with him and he has such a wider skill set than that they only ran the anyway. ball 37% of the time last year 37% yeah. with Josh Jacobs which is surprising nuts. to say the least nuts nuts and with and with who I mean not that Henry Ruggs is bad but how they used Henry Ruggs was terrible and Brian Edwards sure Darren Waller but yeah it, it was annoying but anyways he is going to have the work here. And I am right, I am taking a leap of faith like I took with Damian Harris, right? Damian Harris didn't move at all in my rankings after the Sony Michelle news because I was valuing him as if he was gonna be the guy. I'm valuing Josh Jacobs and I'd put him higher, but for me, I, I appreciate that there is risk with him with bringing in a talent like Kenyon Drake. Well, I mean, but I, I can't the only for me, I can't put him behind I let me start. For me, I can't put him ahead of Chris Carson. And for me, David Montgomery is that line. Right now, he's behind him. But I feel like that's like the one thing I just flip-flop every day for fun. I 
I have him like pretty high. I mean, he's either my RB 17 or 18, depending on where I would put Montgomery. I'm still mm-hmm. flip-flopping between that. It's it just, they would, they'd be stupid to not give him all the work. He's such a good running back. I mean, he's proven that time and time again. He's so consistent. I think he should. I don't know if John Gruden does. It is concerning. But here's the thing. He's going pretty late, you know? On, on some sites, he's going somewhat early. I mean, fourth round's a little early for me. But, I mean, like, mid-late fourth? I'm not willing to spend an early fourth round pick on him. Mm-hmm. At that point, I'll just go wide receiver. But, I mean, if I'm in a second tier of running back and guys like Chris Carson are gone... Used to be Daryl Henderson, but not anymore. Like those kinds of guys, like if they're gone, I'll take Josh Jacobs just because I think, I mean, he's going to have the opportunity, I think, in an offense where, you know what I mean? They're going to be good enough this year. <laughs> I mean, no one's excited for them, but they'll be good enough to for him to sustain value. And I think I, I've reflected that also in my ranking of Kenyon Drake extremely low. Kenyon Drake is going to be worthless I mean I don't think he's gonna have any value I think that he is going right take a Naheem Hines right a guy's gonna have a clear passing role mm-hmm. I think Josh Jacobs is the guy here and it might be a mistake but I mean I'll take the discount I'll take the chance and take the discount and again we talked about this with Miles Gaskin if you are going zero RB Josh Jacobs is a great a great Option and I get this a little bit earlier if you're really going zero RB, but if the draft kind of fell to where you know you got a value on Kelsey and you got a couple nice wide receivers and like you're in the fourth round, you have nobody. I'm honestly okay with Josh Jacobs as my first running back. I'd rather a guy like a Chris Carson, but I'm fine with Josh Jacobs this year. I think I really think this is a mistake, but I think he's going to be good this year. Jacobs had just two games last year where he rushed for more than 100 yards. And in just five games, fantasy-wise, just five games did he score 15 points or more uh, for fantasy. So only time will tell, I guess, with Josh Jacobs. How do you have such a talented running back and not use him? No, correction, correction. How do you have such a talented running back on a team where your quarterback is Derek Carr and you run the ball 37% of the time. That does not make any sense. What NFL coach wants Derek Carr throwing to Henry Ruggs rather than Josh Jacobs running all over the field? Because we know we can do that. We've seen him. The, the, Kansas, the Kansas City Chiefs who have, oh yeah, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs threw the ball more than the Las Vegas Raiders did with Derek Carr last season. Just let that sink in. 0.37% more. That's it. Wait, are you saying Patrick Mahomes is better than Derek Carr? Is that what you're saying here? By 0.37%, yes. (laughs) That's it? Wow. Derek Carr is better than I thought he was. That's my hot hot take, and now we're moving on (laughs) to the Chargers. And the wide receiver discussion in L.A. Now, Keenan Allen, obviously that's who we're going to be talking about. No disrespect to Mike Dub. I like love me some Mike, Mike Williams, but we're going to talk about Keenan Allen today. Huh. Um, he was, after you know being criticized as, as injury prone, um, 
he was a very solid wide receiver one throughout the duration of last season. And he missed a game in a week six. But we, despite that, weeks one to 15, he was still the wide receiver 12. And currently, he is going as the uh, wide receiver nine in ADP, which seems to be about where he finished last year, considering the number of games that he was active. Um, and over the past few seasons, he has finished as wide receiver four, wide receiver 12, wide receiver 18, and most recently, again, considering the games he played in, wide receiver 12. So that said, Nolan, do you think that his value of a wide receiver 9, wide receiver 10 for this year is fair? Um, are there other guys that you, you know, uh, discounting the top, you know, three, four receivers, are there other guys that you like ahead of him? Do you have him ranked a little bit lower? Um, what is your outlook right now for Keenan Allen this season? I have him ranked right at ADP. I think he's perfectly valued. I had him up slightly higher, put him ahead of some other guys, but I kind of just pushed him back down. You know, just for me, he's very consistent. For me, mm-hmm. he's Allen Robinson plus, because I think he has more upside than Allen Robinson. But he's going to provide mm-hmm. you that safe floor. Fun fact, just because we just talked about Josh Jacobs, he's who I just I traded him away last year midseason for Keenan Allen because I needed a wide receiver, but mm-hmm. and he was I mean I I feel like that's the thing sometimes I get biased with some of the players I have in the past and I try not to and I think I was a little bit with him before, but he was very consistent. I mean mm-hmm. he was twelve points a game every game at the least you yeah. know. There were just it, it, two games I believe just two last year where he did not uh, receive seven or more targets. Just two out of the number of games he played. Exactly. He's very clearly the number one on this team. And additionally, that was without another target to kind of take away coverage. A lot of teams knew, like, this offense is running through Keenan Allen, and so Mm -hmm. we're just going to put all the pressure on him. And when you watch him, you're like, how did Justin Herbert make that throw? Like, it was was impressive. Like, some of the throws Mm -hmm. Herbert was making to him. I mean, the usage in the red zone, you saw him trying to target him. I have trouble with him so low. I I moved him down a little bit. I had him all the way as high as seven at one point. Mm -hmm. Nine as low as he's gone. It's just for me, right, we look at all the finishes that you mentioned. There was that one year where he was wide receiver 4, then he was wide receiver 12, wide receiver 18, wide receiver 12. So I'm worried that I'm kind of inflating his value a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you're in a third round. You can't get any more consistent than Keenan Allen. And along with the consistency, you get the upside that a lot of these safe players don't have. So I like him quite a bit this year. And you also have to remember, one, Hunter Henry's gone. And so that's one less person that's going to be taking targets away from him. And two, I don't think you can discount that uh, rookie quarterback, you know, veteran wide receiver uh, connection that developed between Herbert and Allen. And I'm big on Justin Herbert. And so when I look at these rankings and I see him kind of in the company of guys like, um, you know, I mean, Terry McLaurin, Allen Robinson, uh, Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb. You know, not to say that the quarterbacks that they're catching passes from aren't solid options, 
but I'm big on Herbert, and if I know that Keenan Allen is the favorite in L.A., and, you know, I mean, with the exception of, I mean, you know, Mike Dubbs there, Jared Cook is now there at tight end, um, Tyron Johnson. So, I mean, it's, I, I think that the way the uh, offense in L.A. is looking right now in terms of how it's shaping up and the guys that they have around them, uh, I think there's potential for, for Keenan Allen to have a really big season just because of the sheer fact that he's catching passes from one of the best quarterbacks, one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league, and there aren't too many other guys around him um, that have just the sheer skill that he does. Um, yeah. Do anything else you I have add? one more thing, but I just want to say, I, so we have NFL Red Zone, not sponsored, but would love to be. Um, and <laughs> yeah, uh, but I would watch, you know, when you watch Red Zone and you're a fantasy player, you like to watch the guys that you have on your team. And I'd watch Keenan Allen and no one runs routes like Keenan Allen. Like you watch him. He's so smooth on the field. He separates himself from defenders. There's no reason a rookie quarterback like Justin Herbert shouldn't just go to him all the time. And, and I mean, and obviously the added weapons is going to eat into his target share, but it could also draw some of that coverage away from him. So I, I think, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm trying to convince myself to move him higher. I can't. I'm trying to convince myself, but I think he's going to have a great year. He's more than solid. He'll be easily wide receiver one this year. And last year, uh, charges through the ball 59 percent of the time. And uh, I don't really see that changing much since not a whole lot has changed in terms of their quarterback running back situation. If anything, they have a lot of confidence in uh, in Justin Herbert. So uh, I think Keenan Allen, where you can get him, uh, like you said, Nolan, I, I think that's a fair value where he is right now. Well, for our final topic, let's uh, stick with wide receivers. And we are going to move over to the Denver Broncos and as a very biased Patriots fan, I am just now realizing that I forgot to mention the, um, I don't know if I'd call it breaking news, but some relevant news that came out of Denver today. Uh, the Broncos officially named Teddy Bridgewater as their starting quarterback for week one. And so, Noel, I'm kind of interested to see how this will change your, or maybe not, maybe it won't change your your analysis. Um for the wide receiver core in Denver. We're looking at guys, you know, in particular, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and Noah Fant. Out of these three, maybe one, maybe you could see possibly two, um, do any of these players to you with this announcement suddenly become a bit more interesting, less interesting, um, what are your thoughts? Are you, are you looking to target a wide receiver in Denver during the draft? Um, well, let's think about what Teddy Bridgewater is. Teddy Bridgewater is short throws to the open wide receiver. And mm-hmm. this, to me, is just writing off the draft price of Cortland Sutton because Cortland Sutton is a contested catch guy. And unless he completely changes the way he plays football, he's not going to be a contested catch guy. So I do not have interest in Cortland Sutton personally. He's going to be moved down significantly in my rankings. Now, 
subsequently, Jerry Judy's going to be moved up. He is more of that style of receiver. I think he could serve as kind of a Robbie Anderson style for Teddy okay. Bridgewater like he did last year in Carolina. And we know last year, Robbie Anderson was very valuable. We also know that Carolina did not have a valuable tight end last year. Mm-hmm. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is going to target Noah Fant very often. And for me, there are other guys that I think have more upside than Noah Fant does. So I will personally not be targeting him in any of my drafts. But for me, this makes Jerry Judy pretty interesting as a guy that you can get as a bench stash in like the seventh or eighth round. And I his ADP is going to shoot up because I think I, this is a very large take in the fantasy community I always kind of liked Jerry Judy um, but for me he is going to surpass Cortland Sutton and very likely be pretty high in my rankings but he's going to be in that same tier with the guy just talks about Robbie Anderson Kenny Galladay Odell Beckham so for me he is a lot of upside I think he could be pretty valuable this year and he starts to be a guy that instead of more of a dart throw bench stash, for me, mm-hmm. I can see as a very solid fourth wide receiver and someone I'm comfortable if I go running back heavy or I take a premium tight end like a Darren Waller, I'm fine rolling into the season with him as my second or third wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Not you, second, uh, maybe more so third. I don't know if I'm fine with him as my second. I'd say more so third. But anyways... Do you see the offense in Denver changing in any way? And I only ask that because we talked about, you know, one, two, or three of these players being fancy relevant. And last year, with uh, Drew Locke at the helm, the Broncos threw the ball 57% of the time. Uh, in Carolina, we saw the ball when, uh, when uh, Teddy Bridgewater was there last season. Uh, we saw the ball thrown, or, or excuse me, we saw the Panthers throw the ball uh, about 59% of the time. Do you think there will be any shift in that regard for the Broncos? I mean, nothing's really changed at the running back position. I mean, they have Javante Williams, uh, which I know we'll be briefly discussing during the two-minute drill in a little bit. Um, but Melvin Gordon's still there. Um, do, do you think that the, the style of the offense will change in any way and that could impact any of these guys' value? Um, I don't think so. I, I think that the Broncos, right, also last year, important to note, Cortland Sutton was out. And so I think the pass game just as a whole took a hit. So mm-hmm. I think that, right, you add a guy like Javante Williams, I think it kind of balances the scales. But I don't think that that difference is big enough to impact how I'm drafting these guys. I think Right When you're in this range, nothing's going to be a guarantee. But I think Jerry Judy, of the guys in this range, has an extremely clear path to volume Mm -hmm. in this offense. It doesn't have many weapons. And honestly, right, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson were fairly productive in fantasy last year. So if Mm -hmm. we can get that kind of production from Jerry Judy in the 7th or 8th round, I think that's a fairly good value. Well, let's close out the show and run a two-minute drill. And let's go back to where we started with the Kansas City Chiefs, Nolan, and uh, Patrick Mahomes. Last year, 
finished QB number four behind Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, and Aaron Rodgers. Should Mahomes be the first quarterback off the board? If not, who do you think should go ahead of him? He should be the number one quarterback. Track record's bigger than any of the other guys. Josh Allen, Kyler Murray. We haven't seen it long enough from these guys. And the guys after that are a tier below him. Take him number one overall. He's going to produce top five fantasy quarterback numbers. Guaranteed. Barring injury. Moving on to the Raiders, Nolan. And last year, the only fantasy relevant Raiders receiver was tight end Darren Waller. Uh, There was some optimism on the potential for Henry Ruggs. Um, However, even though they used the 12th overall pick in last year's draft, he saw only five games above, not 10 fantasy points, but five games above five fantasy points, (laughs) finishing wide receiver 84 on the year uh, during a full full, uh, 16-game schedule. Brian Edwards has gotten quite a bit of hype in camp. He looks really promising so far. And uh, these two guys, we figure to be the top two starting wide receivers. Are either of these, either of these guys, Ruggs or Edwards, worth starting in your roster? And do you think they could be a week-to-week flex consideration? I don't think they can be a flex consideration. I think Henry Ruggs is a guy going to be putting that bucket of flyers that we keep referencing. We'll have to actually make a bucket someday. And Brian Edwards is for a deep league, a 16, 18-team league. He's a fine bench dash. But no, none of these guys I can see a clear path to starting because, you know, you have John Gruden as your coach, unfortunately. Sorry about that. Let's jump over to the Chargers and one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league, Justin Herbert, who had a dominant rookie season last year. And I can attest to that, having had him on my team. Uh, from week 7 to 17, he was the number two quarterback in fantasy, finishing above the likes of your favorite player, Nolan Josh Allen, as well as Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray. He is currently being drafted as QB8 in fantasy. So, Nolan, my question is, do you think that we are forgetting about just how historic his season was last year? Or is drafting him below those numbers fair, given the safety of other quarterbacks that are being drafted ahead of him? I don't think so. I think we should be drafting him higher. I mean, QB8 is going behind Aaron Rodgers, really? Come on. Like, this guy's going to run plenty. He's a great quarterback. We saw flashes. I mean, we were just talking about how good Keenan Allen is, what makes him so good. Mm-hmm. Justin Herbert's good. I'm very optimistic about him. He's a great mid-round quarterback target. Yeah, he's bouncing around my QB6, QB7 right now as well. And finally, Nolan, back to the Denver Broncos. And as we mentioned earlier, they certainly shook up their backfield by drafting Javante Williams. Uh, high second-round pick at number 35 overall. Questions have come up about his role in the backfield, given that Melvin Gordon is clearly not in their future plans. Uh, He only has one year left currently on his contract. Uh, They're going back-to-back in ADP, with Williams going as the RB28 and Gordon as RB29. Are you drafting either of these running backs at their current ADP? And which one do you prefer? I think that Javante Williams, the future of this team, I think he is going to get the workload as we continue to progress throughout the year. I think that we look at the guys going in this range and none of them have the path. Again, we talk all the time about the path to volume. He clearly has that. I prefer him pretty highly over Melvin Gordon. I mean, 
he's going to take a while to progress and probably like Jonathan Taylor you're going to be annoyed for the first half of the season but I mean come playoff time come the time where you need him most he's going to produce so I like him I like him this year if you go if you're looking for I mean I see a prospect but I mean he's going to be more of a perspective you're gonna have to hold on to him for a little bit but he could prove valuable by your end that does it for this two-minute drill and that does it for this episode nolan closing thoughts yeah thank you guys as always for listening we always appreciate your support for the show you're the reason that we continue to do these episodes we say that all the time but we say because it's true you guys are the reason that we continue to film these film these more recorded these um we do want to remind you to enter for the Deontay Johnson signed jersey. All you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts and send a screenshot to our email, at, which is nohuddlefantasygiveaway at gmail.com, which will be put in the show notes below. The entry deadline is October 31st. Thinking about pushing it back a little. I'm thinking about pushing it back. I want to make this more of a long-term thing. So... Once we're entered, you're entered for all future giveaways by sending the screenshot one time, entered for life. Also, be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen. Turn on notifications so you never miss an episode. Share the podcast with your friends, but not your league mates because you don't want them to beat you. Um, Also, we post updates all the time on Instagram, so be sure to follow us there at nohuddle underscore fantasy. Again, it'll also be in the description. Thank you all again for your support. We appreciate it. And yeah, I think that's it for this episode. Yeah, that does it for this episode, Nolan. And that does it for us this week. We are going to be back next week, Monday through Friday. Monday, we'll be wrapping up the AFC, talking about the AFC North. And Tuesday through Friday, we'll be covering the four divisions in the NFC. And remember to join us on Tuesday because James Coe will be coming on the show to talk about the the NFC West. And that does it for this episode. Again, alongside my partner and brother, Nolan Chamberlain. My name is Jack Chamberlain. Make sure to tune in on Monday. Next Monday, AFC North. And once again, happy dog appreciation day. Go give your furry friends a little hug. Big, small, whatever size. We love them all. Go give them a hug and maybe a a little bit of peanut butter. Hope you guys will join us next time. 